Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Will You Accept This Rose, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. Gonna get all up in you tonight. Gonna feel so good. I just got one little question for you, girl. Will you accept this rose? Oh, will you accept this rose into your world? monkeys out there. My name is Arden Marine, and I have a special, special podcast for you guys today. When we realize that ABC is literally running out of content, and they're like trying to trick us that Sean Lowe's season, <laughs> that they didn't just air this four weeks ago, and we did it with Jerry and um, Rob, we were ready to do another podcast. We we're like, wait, we've done this one before. But guess what? In December, we clearly didn't know that a pandemic was going to happen, but I knew we were about to go into the bachelor season. It was going to get busy for us. And I uh, knew my book was coming out in September and I wanted to do something special in the release for it. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard week after week me talking about it, but I I did. I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Little Miss Little Compton. Um, It's a memoir. It talks about my family growing up in this tiny town in Rhode Island with um, an allegedly illiterate chief of police and no stoplights and a general store. And my parents never dated one another. They were co-workers. And when New Year's Eve, they got engaged on a dare and they got married six weeks later and they stayed married for 50 years. And it starts with that. And it talks about my time with my family and then also that I was able to, you know, grow up with no connections or anything and was found my way onto an NBC sitcom by the age of 22 and sort of how I did that and some funny stories about accidentally kicking Courtney Cox in the face on the set of Friends. 
things like that are all in the book. So um, if you guys enjoy what you hear on the podcast, it, it's really my heart is in this book. It's truly if you want to get to know me, this it's all in there. And um, it was probably the most intimate thing I've ever done next to the podcast. And I actually feel like doing this podcast gave me the bravery to kind of open up and be a little bit more honest about myself. I think that in the past, even in my standup, I've never been super personal and just for you longtime listeners and maybe for some newer ones, but I mean, the last few years personally have been wonderful and also pretty banana pants batshit <laughs> crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, there's been a lot that's happened and all happened during The Bachelor. I lost both of my parents during the podcast season, both of them passed away on weekends and both of both times I ended up doing the podcast on Tuesday because I, I canceled everything else. But the one thing I wanted to do was my podcast. So it, and it forced me to be more open because I couldn't hide what was going on. I couldn't hide the fact that I was in my childhood den with my brother or my mom in the first case. Like, so that was, this was the place that I felt brave enough to start sort of telling the truth. So what was fun about writing the book was I realized I have all these interesting and wonderful friends, none of whom grew up in Los Angeles, none of whom had any connections, who are a lot are large part of who you've gotten to know as our regular participants. You know, we've got Rob Benedict and Paget Brewster, um, Aaron Foley, who's such a joy, Lauren Lopkiss. And I had never really sat down and looked at my story, and I was curious just what made them them. I know them now, but I was curious about how they grew up, where they grew up, how they got their start, what their family was like. And so these episodes are a little more personal. So we decided, my sweet, sweet Anna, who is here and has been Hi. such a joy and such a gift and is in the book, um, as are you guys, the podcast, I, I, you know, you guys help put Humpty back together. It's really been one of the joys of my life. Um but we decided to do a series leading up to the release of the book called Feeling Thorny. So it's uh, it's sort of like, you know, you know, I think you guys are wise enough. You get it. But they're an intimate look. They're one-on-one -on -one interviews with some of your favorite guests that are on. And we're going to do more of them in the quarantine. But the first person up, we just adore. And I didn't know him. Even though I worked with him, I did a movie with him years ago. But I didn't really know him before the podcast and what's been so fun about the podcast I think for all of us is I feel like I've made all these friends both like in person and you guys I feel like our listeners we have the best listeners but Anna don't you feel like we're on this weird little team of like you're you're in a lot of podcasts but this is a very special little world that we created yeah I would say this is my my favorite team and, and it's just, and if it's your cup of tea, you know, you guys get it. And so I just, so our first one that we're going to release is Rob Benedict. Um, and it was so interesting getting to know him. I mean, we have a few coming up. We have Wells Adams, who was, you know, on The Bachelor as a regular. We did one with Paget Brewster. Um, we did one with Aaron Foley and Lauren Lopkiss. We did one with my boss from Insatiable. Um, she was the first female showrunner I ever worked with, and she really wowed me, Lauren Gussis. And I'm just curious about, like, how people found their voice 
owned who they are. And I think, you know, even if you're not a performer, I think this is hopefully this will be interesting for anybody. So I hope you guys really enjoy these. We'll be airing them on the weeks that they're not, you know, where they have reruns because we want you to have some fun new content to listen to when they're torturing us with a a repeat of Bachelor Goat. And I'm going to do another giveaway right now. Um, since you guys have been so sweet. So don't forget to email in receipts of the book. Please get the book. It's really fun. Little Miss Little Compton. Um, all right. So I'm going to send a T-shirt to this person. This is going to go. Mary DeMann, you're getting a T-shirt, yeah. honey. Uh, yay. Exciting. So I hope you guys like these. This, we had a lot of fun doing these Phil and Thorny. Wasn't it interesting, Anna? Yeah. It was interesting to learn more about people and their background and where they came from outside of the bathroom. It was interesting. I actually found what was interesting was how like how Wells and Rob had slightly similar. There was aspects of their stories that were similar, which surprised yeah. me. I mean, I, I mean, that's what that's what we're learning about everyone. It's pretty. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. So we hope you will enjoy um, a more intimate look into the players of the podcast. And we certainly enjoy doing them. And there'll be a bunch of them coming up. But ladies and gentlemen, our very first feeling thorny, Rob Benedict. <laughs> Here we go. You know what time it is. It's yeah. time for Arden to get a little close. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a little thorny. This is called feeling thorny. Oh, well, Arden's going to go. One gonna be high energy fun. Yep. Convos are gonna be super real. She wants to get with you and all the feels. <laughs> feeling thorny. Yeah, feeling thorny. That's right, I'm feeling thorny. Feeling Things thorny. are so thorny. Yeah. Feeling thorny. <laughs> with Anne Marie. Guys, welcome to a yeah. very sexy. <laughs> this is. A very sexy offshoot of We Accept This Rose, Feeling Thorny, where only the best of the best are invited into my tent. Your lair. Into my lair to really, it's like we know, we've heard you talking about your dislike of five heads. Mm-hmm. We know how you feel yeah. about James Taylor or somebody yeah. coming out with a guitar. Yep. But now's the time to really, like, let's just, like, Take some ayahuasca and get to know one another. <laughs> you guys, you've been waiting for it. You're like, who is who is it going to be? Bachelor of the Year 2012. Bachelor of the Year 2013. Bachelor of the Year, skip 14, 15. Bachelor of the Year 16, not 17. 2018, 2019. Robert Benedict. All right. Hi, Rob. Let's do it. Hi. Okay. This is exciting. It's so nice to see you. Nice to see you too. I mean, and it's so, it'll be so odd to have a real conversation with you. I know. I'm like terrified. No, this is great. You've got no notes because there wasn't an episode last night. I have no notes. I I mean, I do have notes. Sure. But I mean, you're not, we're not going through an episode. No, we're not going through an episode. The episode is our life. No, it is. It's like it's like we can go anywhere we want. We can go mm-hmm. off roading. Mm-hmm. For those listeners at home, I I'm doing this in case you don't know. I have a book coming out this fall. So excited! Called Little Miss Little Compton that you can pre order right now. You know what? 
And I'm begging you, please pre-order it. I'm desperate. To, I'm, all I want in life is to be on the bestseller list. Apparently, you need 8,000 sales. It's all about the pre-order. So okay. get one Get one for your sister. Yeah. Just order it now. Forget you ordered it. And think of it like ambient Santa. Like you Take some ambient, order a few, and Great. a few months later, it'll arrive. You Great. don't know. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to do it. Are you going to do it? And I'm excited to read it because I haven't read it yet. I think it's really good. I'm excited. I think I, think I actually did a good job. I can't believe now, it. Now, is the Bachelor podcast in there? Yes, it is. Oh, exciting. Yes, it is. Okay. Oh, it sure is. Oh, wow. I actually... So... It was an interesting thing writing it. And also in a weird way, I feel like the podcast has helped me get a little more honest and get to know people more. Mm-hmm. It's surprising. Who would have ever thought a mm-hmm. bachelor podcast? Right. Do you, I feel like I have like a real intimate group of friends from this. Me too, for sure. I mean, people for me, you know, I don't, you work with de- people like Debbie, Ryan. Yeah. Like for me, I know we're through this, but I feel like she's a really good friend. But I feel like, you honestly, know? I feel like I, but that's how. And, and Paget and. Every, but every, all of you. I knew at about the same level, like mm-hmm. I knew a little mm-hmm. and I liked, mm-hmm. and then this was a way to come in and to have almost like we have, we're on a sports team where we play, mm-hmm. like, where we play like chess totally. or, or like when you travel with somebody and all of a sudden you become better friends because you go through that experience together. <laughs> or worse friends. Sometimes yeah. when you well, travel. True. And that's how ever, it all comes out. Okay. Starting right there. Have mm-hmm. you ever had, have you ever gone on a trip with a buddy that you're like, I feel like this happens more with women, mm. but like, have you ever been like, Oh, we're going to go do this. And then you'd start traveling with somebody and then you see that they're like really uptight or something. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always dread it if I have to travel with someone that I don't know that well. Yeah, scary. Yeah. um, And um, certainly I've had some bad trips with like, you know, girlfriends and stuff. But um, the the thing that comes to mind is my friend when I was a kid, I had like my best friend is this guy, Trevor. And Trevor was like my family's best friend. He was just, he grew up with me and my brother. Right. He was was like a brother who wasn't in our family. Yeah. Brother from another mother. Yeah. And when we, when I moved to LA he he came out to visit me and we took a road trip together and just he has really bad habits that he never really knew like what littering he would, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Anna's finish, face. Yeah. He would Anna, finish, you can chime in. You yeah, can he would chime finish in. A, <laughs> wild. No, he would finish. He littered. Yeah. He would like blow his nose in a, in a, in a Kleenex <laughs> and throw it out the window. And I, the car, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah fuck are you doing? You Dude. can't do that. We had a huge fight. I had to, yeah. I, I would no, go back. No, you were and, in the right. I would pick up his, oh, for sure. I, I have to say, I do, as a comedy choice, like watching Anchorman, I did always find it so funny when they oh, would just litter. litter. Like yeah. littering is such a funny comedy Mad device. Men, Mad Men did it too. Did they? they, they, they yeah, they had a picnic litter. and then they just like <laughs> they just throw litter. it all on the grass. It is like, it do, I do think in a script. I, I am appalled. No, it, at littering. It's, and it, it happens. You drive behind someone in LA when yeah, you do it. Yeah. And you're scared to say something. Oh, oh yeah. No, you can't. In LA because you'll get people shot. People go psycho. Now, you grew up in Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. How many brothers and sisters? Youngest of four. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I've got um, an older sister who's like 50, late 50s and then another sister and then a brother who's three years older than me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'm very much a younger child, youngest child. Yeah. And... Um, I know you were saying your brother was like an athlete. Your brother was like yeah, the basketball guy. He's six foot four. Yeah. And he was like a star athlete in high school. So I was, you know, not. I remember, because I remember when we did Sketchfest. Do you remember that photo, Anna? Yeah, with your girl. Your girlfriend. date. Yeah. But so were you like, were you like super popular? Like during, because I feel like I, my brother, my brother and I were both also the smallest. We were tiny. Mm-hmm. I was too young for my class mm-hmm. and we both grew really late. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really tiny and I was really popular. 
I use I just use it to my advantage to yeah. be because I was always the the littlest in my class. Yeah, and um and I just use humor as my yeah, kind of my thing. And you, but it's, it's interesting because like I don't know. Do you think with I feel like sometimes with guys, like the humor makes you popular. With girls, it makes you neutered and well liked. Ah. Uh. Friend zone. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely friend zone. I wasn't popular like all the girls wanted me. Right. I was everybody's friend. But you had a cute girlfriend. Well, yeah. She was she was, she was my neighbor. And so like for about five years, like literally from like <laughs> second grade on, it was like, she's my girlfriend. But we like nothing ever happened. She was just my girlfriend. She that picture a, is so cute. Yeah. And she's a foot tall, like a foot taller. Than I me. loved it. She grew and I didn't. It's interesting that like that. I don't know that many people that were popular early on. I did pretty well. Like as a kid, I was, you know, and in high school too. Like, yeah. Some, I know a lot of my friends, like, you know, fuck high school. I hated high school. And I, like for me, I did pretty well. Yeah. Was so, there, so, so, so how was college? Back. Was it, was there, college was, it was like a, it was, um, cause there's was, a reset button. You're like, wait, I'm the popular guy tough. from high school. Were you popular in college? Did you, were you popular, popular all the way through? No, 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 no. I was popular with my, I guess with my groups, but no, no, in college, like, um, first of all, I went to Northwestern, so it was like a lot of smart people. Yeah. And I was valedictorian in my high school. Yeah. And, you know, big shot. And then I went to college and it was like, everybody was valedictorian in the high school. Right. So like, you're, you're not important. And that is a very, I feel like Northwestern in particular, um, it's almost like an Ivy and, but I feel like there's more of a yeah. love for it. Like people who go to... I feel like it's more ride or die Northwestern number right. one. Co- like if for you sure. particularly and d- were you part of that whole theater crowd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you do like improv and meow and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I wasn't in the meow show, but yeah, I know so knew all those people. For those right. of you, so Chicago is like a huge, I actually started doing like comedy and improv in Chicago. And I remember there was a kid, We I was 19 and there was this kid, Ed Herbstman, who was also 19. Know, Ed, yeah. And he, we, he was at Northwestern and yeah. we were the two teenagers and he was part of the meow show. Yeah. And so like the meow show is this prestige, like, very hard to get into, yeah. very prestigious, very yeah. good college right. improv yeah. troupe. Yeah. Was and it, our mutual friend Bruce was Meow Show. Was he? Yeah. Was it intimidating to, like, as far as, like, acting and stuff goes, like, with the talent level at Northwestern, did you feel intimidated? Um, no, that was one area I didn't quite feel intimidated. We all were coming into it at the same level of inexperience and... um no, you know, you, in college, you have that weird sort of like confidence about yeah. certain things. And that's one thing I always was like with my acting stuff. I always felt, you know, really confident with that. And yeah. That, and, you know, and I found my group within the, the, the um, theater school, the theater school. And then I also found my group within the fraternity system. That's so interesting. But um, yeah, but I wasn't. Like in high school, I just was a really good student. I'm so sorry. That's so loud. Am I crazy? Is the typing like crazy? No. I think we're good. I, I'm no. like, I'm just, no, I feel like okay. we're with. Okay. 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 I feel like we're at CNN. I know. Like, <laughs> this is what it's like. Okay. 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 I'm just so, writing down everything about you. No, it's okay. We can do it at the end. We can do the gist of the. Yeah. Okay. So I know you're actually joining Scientology right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting all of your secrets. This is our e meter. Wait a minute. And then tell me. And then tell me more. <laughs> Have you watched that Leah Remini Scientology thing? Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. What made her quit? Why did, did she, she stop? Did you just have it like a come to Jesus moment? Because she was, was deep in. Yeah, it was, I read her book. It was you because did? of the. Um, basically, she was starting to slowly question things, and then there was kind of a showdown at the Tom Cruise wedding. 
Uh, and a lot of and, and, with Sir, with Katie Holmes. Yeah, those some stuff went down, and they were trying to get her to pull Jennifer Lopez in, and she kind of was like, "You got," and, and she was kind of like, "She said this in the show." That this is so, so interesting. The show's more about Scientology than her. Wait a minute. So they were trying to get her to get J Lo at yeah. the Tom Cruise wedding. Yeah. So they were like, "Invite J Lo to Tom Cruise's wedding," and then it was like, uh, "Tom Cruise would like to take Tom Cruise and Katie would love to take a walk with Jennifer Lopez, <gasps> and, and who is Mark Anthony after the wedding or something." It was Whoa. like a lot of weird stuff. Um, that Leah was being weird about and she, so Scientology turned on her and started to be like you're being bad you're being a suppressant oh. person because you're not basically giving us full access to Jennifer Lopez it was like and that was just one of the things like other things were happening as well but she started to be like that's weird like should I read Remini the book knows I know that's I'm like <laughs> wait what should I read the really book close, should I read the book I mean if you would like it's a good book it takes you she started in Scientology when she was like a child right so she it was she's it was like her family it's not yeah. as good as yours oh my god no, no, you no, don't no. think so no. okay okay yeah, okay because your scientology chapter is amazing. it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> you know what i just like to like soup cans on my shoulder it's time to get sexy oh yeah i need a sexual timeout. this is neil strauss host of the tenderfoot tv true crime podcast to live and die in la i'm here to tell you about the new podcast i've been undercover investigating the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I we were, part of my my book is about my family, and mm-hmm. then it's also about coming to LA. Yeah. And I I know a little bit about you, mm-hmm. but like, and we've I feel like I've gotten to know you more um, at festivals and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, but, when you travel. Um. But your your did your dad? It's like I had a very tricky dad. And you find out about yeah. it. I had a great mom, tricky dad. Yeah. Your dad did he leave? Was that yeah? Right? So when I was like twelve, um, he. St- just started not being around as much and like I was again I was very much the youngest not told anything which has become an issue in my later in my life it's like I've had I have trust issues because I don't believe you when you tell me something because a lot of times like my mom and my older siblings were like it's fine Robbie don't worry about it it's fine it's fine fine." yeah and then um, before I know it, I'm hearing my mom talk on the phone. I remember listening in on the second floor listening to my mom on the phone on the first floor talking about my dad's affair. My dad's having right. an affair. So I people um, adults don't think kids kids know what's kids going take on. It in, yeah. And when you're little, like kids know way more yeah. than people realize. And I asked my mom, I said, What's going on? And my mom will never forget said, Your dad just has a very close relationship with somebody right. he works with. And you're like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And so and it's just this weird as a twelve year old, there's just this weird sort of like um fear i guess it settles in in your chest you're not quite sure what it is or what she means you know what she's not saying but you don't know what she's not saying were you close with your dad at that point yeah that's the thing is my I, from zero to ten i i thought i had an ideal life right like we had this great house columbia missouri is a great town it's like a university town right so it's the austin of missouri wow okay yeah it's, great. The, it's this one little liberal nook in the middle of missouri which is a very red state now yeah um and so we had like rem came to play like right. you have this liberal thinking college right everyone who goes to colleges is, is what school is it university of missouri okay so it's the state school great so um so anyway so so, so um, you had this idea like i did like yeah dreamy childhood. A, a, a football or a baseball catch in the front yard you know yeah. and of course then after he, he turned asshole there are things that you're like oh yeah i guess that was kind of dickish. Right. one of the things is my dad thought i was too short and oh he God. um made me go to this growth doctor wow um and but that was all through my like teenage years i had to go to this growth doctor because he wanted me to be as tall as my brother so then he also teaches you that something's wrong with you totally totally did you take it in Big time. Oh, big time. My yeah. whole life. I mean, I still walk in the room and think I'm the shortest guy in the room. Right, even and you I'm think not. about it. I just found out that the average American height of a guy is shorter than me. Yeah. Which is crazy. I, I, I think I'm I'm ridiculously short. I'm actually not no. for American men. It's funny, though, like the stuff that it's hard to shake even when you know better. You know, mm-hmm. I, 
I mean, my dad all he was so he would just call me fat and like That's I mean, crazy. I mean, truly, like and just the stuff like he just would just be like, who would want to marry you? Like just awful. Right. And you're so then you, you kind of know like this doesn't seem like a happy person telling me, and yet it's also like your parent, you know. And so it's hard not to take. But I do have a theory that a lot of my favorite people have bad dads. <laughs> I feel like our generation had a lot of bad dads. Yeah, yeah. We were saying before we started the podcast yeah. that when someone says they have a good dad, you're like, wait, wait, wait really? What, what Katie was saying. She's got a good dad. dad. And I was like, weird. Anna has a tricky dad. Not a great dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting. Now, did your mom and dad get divorced? Did your dad leave? No, they stayed married till the end. They were in. Was he always home? He was always home. He was just a jerk to you. He was just a jerk to me. He didn't like me. Why? I don't know. And honestly, like when I really look back and I didn't put this stuff in the book because it's almost like too dark, but like he was awful to me literally from the day I got home from the hospital. Like he held me in the, like, you know, baby's necks aren't developed. Like my first day home from the hospital, he held me in the head in the doorway. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so I think he'd made up his mind, like. He was just going to tease. He just was just a bully. I don't your, think he, your brother's older than you, right? My brother's older. He kind of, he, you know, he wasn't a good dad to either of us. But I think there was sort of a man to man thing of like we're going to talk business. But my brother was little, and he always kept treating my brother, who is who is a straight man, and not the but like from the time he was five, he was like you know treating him like you know you better watch out in the shower like you're a little guy you oh know it was God. like yeah he was just a very inappropriate was, dad was your mom aware of it i think she was like that was i would say my i mean greatest lady ever greatest mom but her achilles heel was it was yeah. the, it was him it was sort of like um and and like oh he didn't mean it you know, like that kind of, you're like, well, that's kind of a horrible thing to do or say. And as an adult, did you ever talk to her and say, dad yeah. was awful to me? Oh, yeah, we did. There was a year where I didn't talk to anybody in my family for a whole year. Wow. I know. And, and you know, it's interesting. I think we just sort of agreed to disagree, you know. it's like About when, him. Yeah. And like, and I also realized like at a certain point, I realized I had to let her off the hook of like, it's not my business. I, you know, I think I kept trying to like wake her up and it's yeah. like, it's not my business to know, like, I don't know why she just like, he, he rang her bell. He was her cup of tea, mm. you know? And so, and I think realizing, and that's her husband. And so it's like, if I'm going to go visit her, he's going to be there. And so it was also like, okay, for like, he was so rude about my career. So it was like, what can I talk like news, weather, sports, you know, I, it was just very, I'd be polite with him, but I didn't, I didn't share much that then he could mock. Yeah, and I think that what you're saying too is is part of growing up. You get to a certain point when you've moved out, you're on your yeah. own, you finally maybe even in your 30s. Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, okay. Oh, now I have a different perspective on everything that went on." And that that was my big thing is like I ultimately I so he so finally, so after I found out that he was having an affair, of course, sort of slowly, then he just kind of started just like leaving. He'd just right. go, he would leave for like a week and come back. Right. Leave for a long weekend and come back. Were they still married? Still married. Right. And And I had to tell friends who would spend the night on the weekends that he was on a business trip. My mom would always right. say that he's on right. a business trip. That's so right. saving face was a big deal. Oh, yeah. My dad went to rehab and they're like, say, we're just going to, we're going to Mexico. Oh, so he drank. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so my parents were drinkers. My parents were like madmen. I mean, for sure, one hundred percent. Just yeah. like made my mom would make my dad two scotches when he got home from work. Yeah. That was his third life. Yeah, my mom was the housewife. And my yeah. dad worked, and then my dad would just go, and then with two weeks, then it would yeah. become a month. Like then yeah. he just like kind of didn't it. live with you us. Have to hide it. Yeah, and then finally, my mom, 
um, they, we moved out of our house and we moved uh, just me and my mom and my brother because my sisters were gone. So that's a pretty big we about phase. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty big <clears throat> zero to ten. Yeah, we moved into a condo and then he was gone. Do you ever do you have any contact with him? No. No, so he was gone, and and then he would kind of, you know, and then again he would come back for a little bit, and then go, and then he moved in with his mom, my grandmother, yeah. um, and then he finally moved into with this woman, yeah. and um, he moved in with her. They were still married though, wow. still married, and still kind of saving face, right? And and then when I went to college is when I was like, that was fucked up, right? It's just weird. They, he That's was right. they were married. He just was gone, right? He just was gone, and he he never sat down with me and said. Listen, yeah, I'm going through this thing, right? You know, and now that I'm a father, I'm very aware of all that stuff, right? And like he, he never had a talk with me. I was never ever told what was going on, right? He just was gone, and then, um, and that's when I got mad. I went to college and I got mad. How of course? How could yeah. you not? Of course you did. And you know that he he missed all my good stuff. Of course, he missed the good stuff and the bad stuff. Yeah, you know, if I had a problem with a girl, he wasn't there, and if I when I was valedictorian, like yeah. he wasn't there. That's when when my dad died. I was surprised because he was dying forever, but. I remember how much grief I had. Like I knew I tried everything that I – it was like that it, he, he missed my, every, everything. Yeah. I had no interest. Yeah. And like just the pain of like, wow, you missed out on like a pretty great kid, yeah. you know? That's what I'm aware of too. Like my, yeah. my son now is a sophomore in, in high right. school. He's going to be gone in a couple of years. That's right. Like cherish every minute you can with not only just if you have kids or not, but like just – Fucking life and just be honest. So there was this one for seven years. He was gone. He was gone, but they were married. And then finally, That's when confusing, I'm confusing and nobody's talking about it. No. Did you talk about it with your siblings? Yeah, my brother. My you know my my mom went through this whole period where she was drinking because she couldn't handle it. Right. Sure. And my brother and I were just. It was about trying to keep my mom healthy. Yeah. My you know my high school career was was weird because I didn't have I didn't have a parents to report to. Right. Um. My my house was kind of known as the cool one because we could keep beer in the fridge. That's right. Because she was barely keeping it together. Right. That's right. Um, but you know we would find like no outsider outsiders. It's fun, and you're oh, like yeah, totally. it's fun for your friends, yeah, and yeah. you're like okay. Let's go it's, to Rob's it's, house. Yeah, it's, as a parent. yeah. It's fun if it's not your parent. Yeah. Um, and then I went to college. My sophomore year in college, she finally divorced him. Good. And he got married like five months later to the same lady, same woman. Yeah. Do they have kids? No. How. And so, yeah. So then it was like, then, and it's not like then he was like, "I'm so sorry." No, he's he he's he's. He, this is this is not a c- cool dude. No, mine wasn't. That was the thing too. I think for years I wanted like a sorry, and then mm. I was like, "Oh, that's never like." And well, I think I had letters and stuff where I would write. Like, me too. I sent letters. I sent letters. <laughs> they, yeah. And it was just like ammunition. I will say, like, there was a certain freedom of like, okay. And even in like in writing the book, like like obviously like it's a funny book, but it's also an honest book. And realizing like, I think I I think when I started to become more okay was like, all right, so I have this great mom, I have a great brother. Like, why can't rather than like a four legged stool, why can't I just be like or a four legged chair? Why can't I just be a well formed three legged stool right. rather than like a hobbly? Like, okay, it just didn't happen, right? And it doesn't mean like I certainly will be affected for the rest of my life. I right. like I certainly have effects from growing up with right. him, but like, just kind of like it didn't happen, right? Like it's it. There's so many people on the earth who do want to pay attention to you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's people that have it worse. Oh, 100%. Um, But, yeah, you know, as an actor, too, you – 
um, you know, you find yourself in, in uh, going out for roles with other actors who feel like they've got a better sense of self than you because my sense of self was not um, matured at all. Right. I was still oh, very much a 12-year-old boy who was hurt by my father. And I, I, I you know, I... I was jealous of of some other kids my age, kids in their twenties, who were out here and just had this sense of like great sense of self. Like I, I am, know. I am, I'm great because my mom told me I was great every day. I know. I, I, my mom told me to hide it every day. But <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but when and you're like, wait, I know that feeling. This is a huge, huge stereotype, and you know, whatever. But um, a lot of my Jewish friends, I felt like, really had a great sense of self. Yeah, I feel like it's in a lot of the Jewish culture that. The moms yeah. adore the they boys. Great and they're like, moms. you're going to be great this boy. There's not no one better than this boy. I have friends who have Jewish friends who have sons, and they're like, no one's better than my yeah, son. Yeah, that's and right. And so the son grows up with this. I mean, yeah. they're all healthy, and it's yeah. not weird. They grow up with this great sense of self. Why not me? Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. Where well, I'm walking in a room going, like, not me. No, it's no, not I, me. I'm true. Believe me. I know. I, I walk in still feeling like Barb from Stranger Things yeah. at all times. Yeah. And, and, and it's a fucked up thing, right? Because of what we do. My whole hiding my dad having left, hiding that, not hearing the truth from people about what was going on. Yeah. My dad never telling me the truth. My dad never apologizing or coming clean or anything. Then I'm going in these audition rooms and I'm trying – I'm auditioning for this role and I'm so paranoid. Like what are they thinking about me? Right. What are they thinking about me? They're not telling me the truth. Right. Do I suck? Do I suck? I might suck. Right. I might suck. You know what I mean? That whole thing. That was hard for me to get over all of that. I'll tell you 100%. I'll tell you what was an interesting thing which started to help me a little bit was I – when I started doing stand-up later and I at first started doing it just for money like because Bobby Lee who was I was on Mad TV with sure, and then we were on Chelsea Lately together and – which was so fun and Chelsea Lately was really helping make stand-ups careers and – but you pay – it's, you know, so delighted to be a part of it and the payment – you make like 300 bucks, but like it's the fun of the exposure and people get to know who you are. And I remember Bobby was like, Arden, like you're the only one that's not capitalizing on this. Like you have the same, all the same TV credits, but like I'm going out on the weekends and I'm making X number of dollars every weekend. Like you could be doing that too. And so like at first I was like terrified of it, but I started doing it. And then like, I felt like I had to play catch up because I'd always done improv or sketch. Um, so, you know, it's like playing basketball or soccer. And then all of a sudden I'm playing baseball. Um, but like was like quickly there was like a very steep learning curve because I was quickly starting to get booked in things that I probably shouldn't have been getting booked in earlier. Right. But I noticed like I'd written one set that I thought was what people wanted to see. And I felt like it was actually everything like as I was recording them and listening back and I would improv things. It was actually like my flaws or the things that I thought was the worst about me that was more relatable to people that like actually was like everything I'm trying to hide is actually is what makes you a good performer like and that's actually what people want to see and nobody wanted to hang out with a perfect person like that was such an eye-opening thing yeah 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 and I feel like I started getting more interesting acting roles and I was like actually the talent is where like what I'm trying to hide from you is yes yes like the damage the more vulnerable you can be really the better you're so so Rob is I first got to know who you were from Headcase. Oh, okay. You're so good on that. Oh, this awesome. was a Thank show you. with Ali Wentworth. Was it all improvised? Yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah. fun? One of the best acting experiences I ever had because you I You played her ex husband or her brother? Her, boy, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. But I was an an agent who was trying to um trying to, I was just kind of a, a sleazy dude and I was trying to get clients by sleeping with her so that I could get her her, her clients and make them my own. 
Oh so, my god! Because she was a, she was the therapist to the stars. You were so good on that. It was so charismatic. Was that you. was that a fun experience? Yeah, it was great. It was again. It was. Um, I don't even know how I got it. Like they, it was one of those things where they called me. They're like, "Hey, is Rob available to come play with us today?" So I went down and did a day. Where she had, we just had a date, and they liked what I did, so they kept bringing me back. And then I so was you didn't of, have to even audition; you no. just started doing. And it. then I was just yeah, and then I was a, kind of a series regular for season two. What um, happened to that show? It just fizzled away. They, I, they, we did, did she, like did she, she did like two do, and a half seasons it, or two seasons. It felt like she didn't want to do it. Anymore. She didn't really want to do it. She anymore. was starting to do like Oprah stuff. Yeah, she kind of had a different thing going. Yeah, and, and she you know she's an East Coast person, right. married. You know, Stephanopoulos. Right. Yeah. So she's very much like DC and New York. And, right. And kind of wanted to be back there. So it kind of, you know, story of my life. I mean, you know, yeah. What I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in so many projects where it's like everything's such great potential. And then just, oh my God. It's out. a fuck. What's your, what was your favorite creative, like creatively? What was the most fun job you ever had? I mean, that's one of them, really, because what we, what we would do, it was, it was curb your enthusiasm, basically. Yeah. It was so good. So we'd come in and they'd go, uh, Bobby Bauer, who was the executive producer, who was, awesome and so much fun and he was like okay so this is what we're, what we're gonna do you're you're breaking up with her in this scene yeah so let's just go that's so so we do it and we and we do and we go and it would be pretty long and he's like great keep that part lose that part get to this quicker let's do it again and you do it like eight takes it was and well then you'd done. have a scene because i've had i mean there was a moment in time when curb your enthusiasm started and there was like eight thousand improv shows mm-hmm. and like you can tell right. the people like not every like there's a reason there's writers you know what I exactly, mean like yeah. and I felt like your show was done so well yeah yeah no it was uh, creatively it was one of the best experiences um, yeah and I you know had high hopes we were also on the same network with stars yeah with um what was the uh, waiting tables yeah with um uh I did an episode called. <sighs> Gosh, with Lizzie Kaplan and, and Adam Scott, yeah. and it was called Party Down. Party Down. Party Down. And Party that down. was like sort of the darling. That's right. You guys were the duo. Yeah, but yeah, they were like right. the, darling. the darling. We were like the bastard stepchild a little bit. And then Stars was like, we're not doing comedy. Exactly. After that. Yeah. So, um, first celebrity encounter. First celebrity encounter. Um, so when my sister Amy, yeah. she um, – Went to Northwestern and yeah. she was a theater major and I basically followed in her footsteps. Yeah. She came out to L.A. and I kind of followed – she's six years older than me. Yeah. Um, she came out to L.A. So she's an actress? She's an actress. Wow. And she – did you – You have a sister here that's an actress? Yeah, yeah. And now she's kind of – Did you guys does, know that? That's crazy. She, yeah, she does like commercials and stuff. Now she's a family and she's, you know – but yeah. And she um, – she – so um, she got out here – um, she, we're from Missouri. So they, someone, a mutual friend called and said, Hey, there's this guy from University of Missouri just dropped out and he's coming down to LA. He needs a place to live. And I thought of you. And she's like, Sure. So his name's Brad Pitt. <gasps> and he no. lived with my sister when he no. first moved to LA. Are you, no way. They lived together for like two years. No. Yeah. And your sister was roommates with Brad, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Was that right before, before he, he got Thelma anything. Louise? Did he get Thelma Louise living with her? At the end, yeah. He his first big thing is he got a commercial. Was she like, "Holy shit, this guy's hot"? Sorry, I had to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. She was. Well, what was yeah, the commercial? They were like brother sister. Okay, okay. They never slept together or anything. It was like they were just friends. They were buddies. Oh my God. But yeah, he was like beautiful, and she was like, "Oh my god, my roommate's beautiful," and he's got. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So she has great pictures, like candid pictures of them just like goofing around the apartment. Oh my god, that's amazing. So I, I never <laughs> met her. My mom met him because my mom would fly out to see her and. Met him and oh my god. then he got a big like Mountain Dew commercial and that was like a big deal. I remember yes. watching it on TV and going like, oh my god, that's so that's Amy's roommate. Okay, whoa. And then when I I moved out to LA finally in 1993, okay, I um I 
my friend Kim Williams, who was a theater major at Northwestern, uh-huh. who got uh, got Father of the Bride while we were at school. Oh my god, it was Steve Martin. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a really big deal. And so she kind of had a little bit of a celebrity. So when we, I got out to LA, I moved out when she moved out. We were and I roomed with her boyfriend. And she was like, "Hey, I'm, I've got these tickets to go see this movie premiere. Do you want to come with me?" And it was, um, uh, "What's the movie with um, Patricia Arquette?" Okay, and yeah, yeah. and they're and and written by um, uh, I can now I can't not remember anything. It was written by um, T- Quentin Tarantino. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gunning people down, and yeah. it's her and Christian Slater. Yes. True, true romance. romance. Okay. Oh my god, you went to the true romance. I went to the premiere. true moments premiere. Yes, yes, yes. Brad Pitt's in the movie. Brad Pitt was there. <gasps> and at first of all, I saw a lot of celebrities. That was my first like big Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I went beeline to Brad Pitt and I was just like, Hey, I'm Amy Benedict's brother. No, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, oh my god, you're Amy's brother. Oh my god, I love this. I love this. I love this. With Brad Pitt. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Hollywood's going to be amazing. Okay, wait a minute. Who was the thing you were telling us when we did that podcast with Janine? Who was your, who did you freak out? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Yeah, yeah. And I had an Eddie Vedder. How did you freak out Eddie Vedder again? Um, Well, I I, I, I love Eddie Vedder. (laughs) Sure. I met him twice. The first time was at Lollapalooza in 1992. Yeah. um, When he wasn't even famous enough, he was like walking around looking at things during the festival. Great. They played at like two in the afternoon, Pearl Jam. Oh my God. So I went up to him and I was like, hey, Eddie Vedder, uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And I was like, can I take your picture? And Great. It was like, we didn't have phones. With, yeah. We just had an actual camera. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't really do pictures, but like, I'll remember you. And he kind of looked at my eyes and pointed at my, my eyes and he was like, yeah, I'll remember you. Yeah, so yeah, for the yeah. longest time, I thought I would go to the concert and I would see, think that he was looking at yeah. me and that he yeah, remembered me. Yeah, it's like, me. it's me. Yeah. It's me. And then finally, when I was a grown person, I went, uh, a friend of mine knew uh, Ben Harper, who was opening up for yeah. him on his solo tour. Yeah. And I found myself in his green room at the end of the night. Yeah. Me, him, Ben Harper, and like three or four other people. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't, like he was in conversation like right next to me and I I just couldn't get in there to talk to him. And all I could think to do was to ask him for a cigarette. And without stopping his conversation, he just grabbed the pack of cigarettes and just slid it over oh my to my... And, I, and from at the time, I was like, yes, you heard me. You oh, my heard my oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're like, no, but it's me. Yeah. It's me. That's right. And Janine had one. Janine, Janine had a... Like, Janine put mine to waste. I mean, her story was like... It she was bad. She was came like... On to was she like hammered? Something was happening. She was hammered. She was still drinking at the time. Yeah, she was hammered and she basically kind of tried to make out with it. That's right. I remember there was one. I remember there was one that ended really. And she was saying, we were like friends and he hasn't. And then they're not friends anymore. You know, that is so bad. <laughs> Isn't it? So it's so funny when you have just like an awkward encounter yeah. that like you cannot recover from. Who was your first celebrity? I saw I was I'm sure this is not my first first, but like my first in L.A. I remember I was living in Zach Galifianakis's closet and we went to do karaoke at the Gaslight in Santa Monica mm-hmm. and Kiefer Sutherland had just gotten divorced oh from God. Julia Roberts oh my God. and he was shit faced yeah. and he was singing, I believe, a Bon Jovi song, like maybe okay. living on a prayer. Okay. And before he started singing, he and it was like a Tuesday, okay? And it's like there's hammered like straight from the tablets, like popular divorcing Julia Roberts, probably in the middle of a nasty divorce, screams to the crowd, never get fucking married. 
whoa, I'm halfway there. And then he like, I remember like we were, I was just starstruck and then he's like, and then we were leaving and then he stumbled out into the street and like, and then years later he was one of my favorite drunken celebrity videos where he fights the Christmas tree in yes, the hotel lobby, the tree, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. And I will say um, somebody who shall remain nameless. He, my friend, used to work at a hotel in New York, and who was the guy that was um, married to Diane Lane and like Josh uh, Brolin? Josh Brolin. Uh, so he was staying at he. My friend worked at a hotel, and his buddy was a doorman at the Greenwich Hotel, and um, so Josh Brolin was staying there, and like he allegedly. Allegedly, like stumbled over one night. I think he might be sober now. I got, like you know, look, I'm not judging it. I've done really stupid sure, shit, God. but apparently, I'm not as strong as him. Basically, let's uh-huh. just say I could do as equally stupid shit. I'm just don't have the strength. Yeah. Apparently, he was like pounding on like some store window that was like a, like caddy corner to the Greenwich Hotel. So it was like a display window that had no door. It was just like a window, like a you know, a, a clothing. He was like, "Let me in, Greenwich Hotel." Let Okay, like, and it's like, you know, a mannequin. And then he goes and he picks up a New York City trash can, which is so heavy. And he takes it and he threw it through, oh like, the plate glass window. Oh, my God. And he was like, let me in. And, like, the cops came and then the doorman had to go, like, slide money. And this is all allegedly, guys. Allegedly. Right, I'm not sure. saying this happened. Right. Maybe. It, who right. knows? Apparently. And then they had to, like, pay. Except that it actually happened. And they paid. They had to pay off the cop. Oh, Isn't my that amazing? God. I love that. I love that the, the hotel, like, paid for they it. Because I think he, like, stayed there a lot. And I think it was, like, I think they knew that they could bill his room. You, you know, like, his publicist or whatever, his business manager would cover it. You Isn't know, that good? That's amazing. I, I stayed at a hotel one time that was a pretty ritzy hotel with yeah. somebody who was my sort of celebrity friend who, yes. who paid for the whole thing. Yeah. And my celebrity friend and I decided to do mushrooms. And we did too many. And yeah, we yeah, yeah, ended yeah, yeah, up yeah. having to go to the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we, and then because an ambulance came and got us into yep. the hospital, it was a horrible, it was a long, really funny story, yeah, but yeah, actually, yeah. my celebrity friend hates it when I tell it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I, um, and, but to me, it's just hilarious. It happened. So then we wound up at this hospital. We have, we're, we have, how do we, what are we going to do? We're in the middle of the city yep, yep. in a hospital. Yep. They, when you, by the way, when you OD on mushrooms, yep. you know, the doctor was like, no one's ever died on mushrooms. You, right. You're fine. Cause right. you think you're dying cause you're on mushrooms, but sure. nothing's going to happen. They put, make you eat charcoal and then oh, really? send you home. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we're there. We don't have, we don't know what to do. And the hotel literally sent a car. To pick us up. That's and, like, right. Take That's us right. You know That's I mean? when like, you see is yeah. like, oh, there are, there is the Illuminati. Like there yeah. is that yes. whole secret. I remember speaking of mushrooms and places you don't want to be, being at Outside Lands when I sprained my ankle and we had to hobble to the like medic tent. Oh. And the medical tent at any music festival oh, is God. not where you want. No. You do not want to be having to seek Mm-mm. medical attention at a no. music festival. They should make you look at it first to get you to not do drugs. <laughs> Really, like, yeah. how did I end up here? Yeah. And it was like bef- we hadn't even done our show yet. Yeah, and like Paget was walking around with bottles of like 
What is her? She likes Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc and her purse screaming, I'm too famous for this shit. She, she wanted a, she wanted a, uh, she golf, a cart. golf cart. Yeah. And she had like a puffer coat and like stiletto heels oh and I'm like hobbling. It was a disaster, but still fun. I really wish I would have been there with you guys. Oh my god! Come I to, was doing a convention or something. Come to Sketchfest again. We just got invited. Are For you sure. going? I'll Always. tell you when it is. Okay, it's, January, right? Yeah, it's January. We just—it's a Sunday. Um, Sunday's our time slot. Sunday's our time but slot. We got to go on Saturday to the party 19th, Saturday obviously, night. Right? Yeah, obviously, yes. The nineteenth, Sunday, the nineteenth. We'll go up on the eighteenth. All right, great. Um, okay, wait a minute. Um, I get drugs. Drugs. <laughs> God. Okay. I know. I was trying to, in the book. I. It's weird. Are you a drug person? You're, no, you're clean always. I, no, I wasn't always clean. I'm just bad at it. So like I went mm. to college in Colorado. I read a whole chapter. Anna's read it. I read, yeah. I, I read a chapter. Okay. So like writing a book is also like you. you I feel like I've forgotten everything. Oh, and yeah. You really have to. And you, for me, at least, I was like, what are my most humiliating stories right, of right. my entire life? Right. And I do remember. I don't think I put this in the book, but like I would drink like a whole bottle of Boone's Farm wine and then like that's when I was like, I'm going to smoke pot. Mm -hmm. And then I would – there would be like a super bong that's like 10 or 12 feet long. I'd climb up onto some rickety homemade loft in a (laughs) – on a dorm room. I would take a 12-foot bong pole and then – Flying and Holy. like throwing up under my rug oh in my a God. bowl because I felt like nobody could find me if yeah. I was under the rug. Yeah, nobody would notice the lump. Nobody yeah. would see me under there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm safe under here. Nobody's gonna find me. That's yeah. like when your cats put their head under a blanket. Yeah, like, I'm safe. <laughs> my cat does that at the, yeah. at the at the vet. He's like full under the blanket. To, no, to be safe from harm. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm very bad at drugs. I um, am, I get so high and I'm high for days yeah. and I I go straight past giggling and I go right to Middle Earth. Yeah, I I used to be that way. I mean, I'm not good at drugs either. I just keep trying. You do it. Listen, I've had other people say that. I don't have any giggles. It's just pure paranoia. I've I like gotten CBD better. Oil. Yeah, I've gotten better in my older age because now I'm aware um, how little it takes for me. I used to just do too much. Sure. The, so there, no, there's a bottle and a twelve foot bong pool was probably there's a way to get just a moderation. little high. Yeah, yeah. There's a way to get just a little high, just a little tipsy on even yeah. drinking, like just moderation. Well, I didn't understand that before. Young Rob, well, you got, you got, you fell in love in college. So you never had awkward, you never had to date in LA. I never had to date. I never had to date. I, I, I met someone in college and we got married like Did you have years a girlfriend later. all through high school? I had, yeah, a couple girlfriends, like two girlfriends in, in high school. And yeah. So you've always been pretty much coupled off. Yeah, yeah, and I, again, I was very much like my the. I learned from my siblings, and they always like my brother always had a girlfriend. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna always have a girlfriend, and you know what I mean. Like it just. I you're my most social. So it's funny because I so how you compare yourself to the guys in the audition room. Mm-hmm. I'm like he's not socially awkward. I get social anxiety, and I look at you and I think that that guy knows how to talk to people. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I yeah, I don't really. I mean. I've always used my whatever anxiety is there. I wouldn't call my anxiety social anxiety, yeah. but I have anxiety. Yeah. And I just use it in my, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, make, I used to do it more than I do now, but I'll make fun of myself right. in, in the moment. Yeah. I'll come interrupt a conversation and be like, what are you guys talking about? Oh my God, look at me. Yeah, yeah. I just you. you guys are like, and I'm yeah. like, you know I mean? yeah. I get that. Yeah, you're like that. Yeah. What do you think? Drinking and drinking. Honestly, and, and, and that's why I do 
drink is it does settle my nerves. I'll tell you what, I only I only really ease off of drinking because of I I am so out of control with sweets that like there's too much sugar and alcohol. So mm-hmm. it's more that I just quit sugar. Mm-hmm. But um and I'll tell you when I quit sugar and then more than like, okay, I guess I'll won't drink as much like I was like, oh, there's a reason there's alcohol. Like, it is a good social lubricant. It is. It's it is. relaxing. It is. It, it helps. Is. Again, it in takes the edge off. Yeah, it does. Okay, wait a minute. Tell me, best of like best of what you got from like the Benedict, like best of the th- gifts that you were given growing up, and like, like, like what were the unique things from your house that you think were the best of? Um, um, we're very, we are very social people. Okay, and good around other people. Um. My parents were in a community theater, and that's where I got the sort of theater bug. Love it. Um, but really, honestly, because of what happened with my dad, my siblings and I and my mom all really bonded together. Right. So, like, we to this day, I'm very, very close with my siblings, very close with my mom. I think we're that's always... how my brother, my mom, and I were. It was yeah. like, it's the three of us and the guy in the den. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you just naturally do, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I think it's it's moved from this place of anger to like we were all just like positive. You That's know. nice. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think, and you're close with all of them. Yeah, 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 and my like you know my sister lives here, and I get to see her, and my brother and I talk almost every day. I mean, a text almost every day. Um, yeah, it's we're 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 tight. It's we're a good funny family. Funny I like that. humor. Humor is humor key. Is huge I don't know what people talk about if they don't like make jokes. Like I'm truly like I literally don't know what people talk. about. I don't either. And like and, or if you're dating, like what do people? What do people? What do you talk about year four? Like I don't know what you talk about. Yeah. If there's <laughs> an, honestly, if you're not laughing on the first date, it's not going to work. What? You know what oh mean? no. no. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no, for me, humor was a big, I mean, my, my, my uncle on one side is really hilarious. My aunt on the other side is hilarious. Like you, yeah. you the whole family has yeah. humor and like funny movies. Yeah. Love humor is movies. key. I know. I remember I was grateful to have an older brother and a funny family. My mom would record SNL for me when mm-hmm. I was in like second grade. Mm-hmm. We, we would watch like Monty Python and Steve Martin totally movies. Same. Like Woody Allen before we knew he was totally creepy. Yep, like I yep. was like, had a good okay. education, you know? Yeah. I said like, when people ask me what my music influences are, I'm always like, well, I loved Michael Jackson when it was okay. Yeah, I know. I did too. Like- <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. Yeah. He was one I was sad to lose. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any questions for Rob? How fun. I have to say it's been such a joy getting to know you. It's fun to – I feel like we've, I've now known you for – this is a coming on four years. And like it's fun to actually well, – I'm happy to get to – like to get the, and for the listeners to get to know you What more. was great about uh, my relationship with you is yeah. that like we – I knew who you were – I knew who you were starting with Mad TV because our friend Bruce yep. worked on Mad TV. And who then be- now runs RuPaul Drag Race. Exactly. And before that, uh, Nicole Sullivan. The reason any of us knew about Mad TV is I'm like really good friends with Nikki Sullivan yep. and she was in the original cast. Yep. So that was like Mad TV was always a big part of my external life because I knew all the people yeah. in and out of it. And then – so I knew who you were then, and then you and I both were in a movie that we yeah, never we had did. scenes with. That we, were we both did a in movie together. A little help, yes. And and the, and then I remember talking to you at one of Bruce's Halloween parties. Yep. But you were dressed. You had like you had like uh, you had like short shorts and like knee high socks oh, yes, and yes, like a yes. like, like a seventies prefontaine. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and then. You asked me to do this? It was such a joy. Yeah, and it was like, this is when we actually became friends. Yeah, but, I yeah, love it. Yeah. I know, it's so fun. We've built a weird little team. I know, it is, it's totally a team. You guys, and you didn't meet Heitner until Three? San Francisco. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
He didn't disappoint. No, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's, he's amazing. amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. No, this whole extended crew and Aaron. I love. I Aaron love Erin. She just got hired on one day at a time. She's a staff writer. Really? Isn't that exciting? No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for her. I know. I love. I love. I love Paget. I love the whole crew. It truly is like I've never been on. I was not on a lot of teams, and so I was like in theater clubs and right. stuff. But like, well, you don't have a lot of teams. But that's the thing about it is like again, I had this great high school experience, but then you get to college, and then you go out and you're in the real yeah. world, and like your teams dwindle. And no, then no. You, you in L. A. You have to latch out. You have to find your team. No, and this is a fun team because I actually feel like we, we play a weird sport. Like yeah. I feel like we all play the sport right. of the bad high lie or something. Um, we play high lie. <laughs> you but things are getting so hot in here i think i gotta take a pee break this is neil strauss host of the tenderfoot tv true crime podcast to live and die in la i'm here to tell you about the new podcast i've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half it's called to die for here's a clip all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You guys, Rob. Um, yeah, did we cover everything we I wanted think, to cover? I feel like... Is there anything you want to say? <laughs> no, no. Do you have a most embarrassing, most embarrassing adolescent? Did you ever like have a epic fail of asking out a girl or anything? Oh, all the time. All the time. I was so bad at, um, you know, up until when I asked my wife to marry me, it was, I was, I, I said, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me so much. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah, like I screwed up the line. You said I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me so, so much? So much, yeah, yeah. At Yamashiro's in Hollywood. <laughs> You got engaged at Yamashiro's. Yamashiro's, yeah. Were you down on one knee when you said I was? No, I sat next to her and we were we were sitting across from each other and I, I gave her this card. At the end of the card, I said, okay, put the card down and look at me. And I was wondering if you would mind me. I find that so endearing. Yeah, I was I wondering find if that you so marrying me so much. I think that's so extra cute. <laughs> I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me so much. But the, oh, the, the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in Please, my life. I is love this. After the sh- shrooms thing, I was real shaky and I started... <laughs> <laughs> I started passing out in public. Great. Having anxiety attacks Love and pa- passing out in public. Yeah. The, I, what would make me pass out in public is, is the thought that I would pass out in public. Yep. So It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yep. I would be at the grocery store like, oh, you're going to right here at the checkout counter, you're going to fucking pass out. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so I was, at, I was at a friend's wedding standing up for the friend no. in Chicago I can't. in front of 400 people in the program. It said, you know, meet the... The, the the men who are standing up for us, the groomsmen. Oh my and god! Like no. Rob Benedict, he's been on this, he's been on that. He's an actor. You might know him from this or that. Oh my right? god! They did that at yeah, the wedding. Yeah, That's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and is so, Arden. She'll uh, steal your food at night. <laughs> Sometimes she googles people she hates. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. She takes Ambien and orders makeup palettes, and then they arrive and she forgot. She's like, "Who sent me this?" <laughs> She lives in LA and she's been my friend for 10 years. Her FICO score is 280. <laughs> <laughs> I know that part was weird. So here I am, pretty sober, completely sober. Sure. But I'm up in front of all these people. It's kind of hot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, everybody, I feel like everyone's looking at me and I'm like, you're going to pass out. You're going to pass out. Yeah. Um, everyone's looking at you and you're going to pass out. This is what's <laughs> going to happen. And my friend describes no. being behind me no, and seeing I just can't. sweat just form on the back of my oh neck. Oh my God. And the next thing I know, I'm de- I mean, literally, the ceremony had started, and I'm on the ground. No, and uh, and the priest was over me, and my friend was over me, who's a doctor, and they were like, "You just passed out," you know, and it was just, <laughs> oh it was God. awful. That was right before the ceremony, like right before. No, like, it was during, like during, oh like the God. vows and shit. I can't. I can't believe like they introduced out. you guys during the vows. So I, <laughs> they sat me next to to my wife, and she said, um, "Oh my God." Are you okay? I said, yeah. She said, here's the deal. You're going to get up and you're going to walk that girl down the aisle. So I had to walk the bridesmaid down the aisle that I had. Here's walked. the deal. Yeah. I like that your wife is so practical. Yeah, she was so like, get to this it. What's happening. Yeah. Fucking practical. This is on you, motherfucker. So, this is so practical. And then practical. I had to walk down the aisle in front of everybody like, hey, I'm the guy who just passed out. Oh, my God. Later that night, I was at the reception. I went in the bathroom to go to the bathroom and just had to, to take a breath because yeah. it was overwhelming. <laughs> and I heard someone and someone came in and they're. They were pontificating about why I passed out. Oh my god! You're like I'm right here, asshole. Yeah, I'm in the. I can't stall. hear you. I'm in the stall. What did they think? Someone's like, I heard he had an iron deficiency. Oh, <laughs> like a rumor. That's actually around. a very kind rumor that got spread. Yeah. It's better than like he I, dabbles in meth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> he's a, no, he's a cokehead. Yeah, exactly. Like things aren't good at home. Yeah. Wow, that is. 
So you that's a chapter the in my whole, book. That's a, it should be. Yeah. That's a, it is an interesting. You did stand up too. I did stand up. Yeah, I did stand up. I was the opposite of you. Like I did that early. Yeah. And um and I did it with Zach a lot with Galvanakis. Did I wonder if I you did ever it early with him in New York and okay. then I stopped. Okay, I see. So I it was in your repertoire. I did it, it, but I was afraid of it, and I preferred improv and sketch. I liked playing with other people. Gotcha. It's more like this. Yeah, yeah. No, I like this too, and ultimately that's why I stopped doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I loved it for a while. I did You're it for so a couple funny. years. Yeah, and I'd love to do it again. I still think about it. My friend John Quaintance, who I did it with, we had a show together, and that's Zach would come do our show. Where was your show? Uh, at uh, the old Largo. That's fun. Yeah, I bet I came and saw it because I was living in his closet then. Yeah, <laughs> you might have. <laughs> I might have. He did a lot. He, he did a lot of shows there. Oh man, and he would do that, and then Maryland. Then he had five other shows yeah. that night. Um, I'm gonna bring up something. You were so sweet to my mom in Nashville. Yeah, JJ went and did the live show in Nashville. Yeah, and yeah. She was so sweet. With I'm you. so thankful that I had that experience with her. That it, was one of my last outings with her. Yeah, and it was just me. I in me, my mind, it's it me, was, you, and her. It was it. Yeah, and then the guest. And, and when then, I, I got in, I flew on a, on a red eye. Yeah, and I got in and took a shower in your. your and you were like, "I'm your, so happy to be here," and yeah. she said. Are you though? Are you Rob? Are you? Are you really? And then when she started going on, she started going on like some like online dates, and she was like, "I don't want to go out with guys." She goes, "They're all old men." Have you ever seen old men balls? And I was like, "No." I, she's like, "You don't want to see old man balls." She goes, "I would. I want to date a guy in his forties. I'll date your friend Rob." I'm like, "Well, Rob's married, but um, yeah, okay, yeah." She liked you. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, you could have been my future like ex stepfather. Like if you just had like a two week a two week whirlwind. <laughs> oh I mean, has that been written? That's a show. It's gotta be a show where I'm your stepfather. Oh my god, that's actually not a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> that's actually that's a amazing. really funny idea. And if if I had like she said she would go out with you and you're like, No, let's do it. I'm like, Okay, ha 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 like no seriously. No, I'll do it. I'm ready. Let's do that. Let's let's like, go. Can you... Um all right, let's see. Uh so you started dating your wife yeah. in college. Yeah, yeah, in college. How old were you when you met? I was 21. She was 20. And then when That was a junior in college, and then we graduated. And when did you do that amazing proposal? Amazing proposal <laughs> was when I was uh, 23. That's young. She was 22. That's young. We got married. I was 24. She was 20. We got married a year later. 20, and... 24. You guys have two beautiful we kids. We had two beautiful kids, and we were married for like 23, 24 years. I mean, that's a successful marriage. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I mean, it was great. And we split up, uh, um, you know, a year and a half ago. And, you know, it, the, the breakups are hard, and breakups after that long are so sad and so hard. But, um, man, I just I, – I, I'm so thankful that it's it's been very amicable between us. I remember we were at a festival and I like before I just remember that I could see it like you being conflicted. Mm -hmm. And I think probably I would imagine probably coming from a house with divorce, like like there's somehow it's like I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. I just like I feel like you've had a six like to to meet somebody that young. And Mm -hmm. like that's a successful marriage. It really it really, really is. And, um, you know, uh, one thing I learned from my upbringing, just bringing it all back around is like, right. Uh, the you know the first thing we do is we sat down with the kids and talked to them. Right, the, doing this, it differently. This whole time I've been so um, so communicative with the kids yeah. about what's going on. Um, I've been in, so incredibly involved in their life, and they've you know uh, uh, since the split up, like they've been such a huge part of my life in a way, almost more so because right. you 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 want to give one hundred ten percent to to being around them. And and as and, we were saying earlier, like kids aren't dumb. Yeah. So like I remember in my house, like. 
I just kept being like, why is she still with like, like, right. and it's a different vibe, but like kids know if it's less joyful, right, you right. know? And yeah. it's like, it's okay. Look at they, 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 your main job is to love them. Yeah. And as long as there's love around, I think. And I know that you they, love and respect your wife. Oh your yeah. hundred percent. I, I, I always will. Uh, she's the love of my life and I always will. And, and I've had a bunch of friends who've gotten, who've gotten divorced and I know it's like the worst year of everyone's lives and i will say like down the road like a lot of them got divorced a few years ago Mm -hmm. and like and i know it was horrible even if they were the ones that wanted it it Mm -hmm. was horrible Mm -hmm. and then i everybody is happier for it like Mm -hmm. there's a reason Mm -hmm. nobody takes it lightly i don't think no 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 no. flippantly no 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 and and maybe our previous generation did but like you know and you know and i have a um, I've got a space with uh, rooms for the kids, and so they're they're with me half the time, and 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 they're adjusting, and you know what I mean that they feel loved, and you know it's it's all okay. It's like the modern family, right? Well, you seem. I have to say, you also just seem you seem very much yourself, yeah. you know. And I think there's like a peace there, and you seem happy, and yeah. and you know, like. A di- like something that you committed to or something that you met like 21 like that's an amazing yeah. happy successful yeah. run that's a very yeah. am- amazing run. yeah i don't know anybody else that picked somebody that young that lasted that long i know no one not one person i know yeah um right no, no, no it is nice tragedies. to see you happy yeah yeah it's good to, it, i'm very hopeful do um, you do you how often like I know you're in a band yeah loud and swain yes how many albums do you have out oh my god like eight Dude, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. We've been together since the late '90s. And do you write the music? I write the lyrics, and I write sort of half the songs are start as songs that I write, but then I bring it to the band, and so the the credits are the music by Loud and Swain, lyrics by Rob Benedict. But and do you? How many people are in the band? Four. And has it been the same for the whole time? Um, three of us the whole time, and then the the lead guitar player joined us um, in like 2004. So the, that's another fun team that you're on. So so fun, yeah. That's my extracurricular activity, and you love it. I love it. I love it. And now it's it's gotten to the point where the band um, we've I've been able to sort of incorporate the band into what I do because the band plays the conventions that I, I know that's so fun that I do with Supernatural. So like. They come. They're kind of the house band all weekend, and then on Saturday night we had this big concert, and it's so we've made all these fun. bands now, and and it's been it's been great, great How for the band. Fun. I mean, like you're so talented. You're such a delight. You. I want you to do more comedy stuff. I will. I will. Um, I'm excited. Me. I'm excited for you to join us for our live. I can't show. wait. Um, and um, is there? I don't know when this will air, but okay. so look up Rob and buy his albums. Yeah, buy my albums. Loud and Swain. We're on iTunes and Spotify and all those things, and. And guys, just you don't have to pop an Ambien, but just get ready to make some bad decisions and just just go online shopping. But order my book, please. <laughs> order the book. A little Miss Little Compton. You can get it on Amazon. It's all about the pre-order. Please get buy buy it. Stack it up for the next holiday season. Yeah. Have it be your hostess gift. You like go buy ten of them, so you bring it to whenever you go visit somebody. Yeah. I will if you bring them to any show I'm at. I will sign any of them. Sign your it's face a off. really fun book. Yeah. It just you know like. And you think, oh yeah, I mean to do it. Please just do it today. Just do it. If you're just buy a memoir, buy this memoir. You, I actually think I, I, I can't believe it. I actually think I did a good job. I, I know you did. I, I think know you I did. did. I think it's funny and good. And, and you honest. have a, you have a good story. You have a good story it's an to interesting tell. Interesting story. Yeah. Um, Rob Arden. I love you very much. I love you too. Um, I hope you're feeling thorny. I guess we'll play our new song I'm out. Feeling pretty thorny. Katie, oh. Anna, you have any more questions for Rob? Are you good? <laughs> 
I'm great. That was so insightful into who you are. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to interview lot. each of you guys too. So at some point, Please get ready. Do. I know. I I'm curious. Find their, their stories. Me too. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time for Arden to get a little close and a little thorny. Oh, well, Arden's going to go one on one. Gonna be high energy fun. Convos are gonna be super real. She wants to get with you in all the fields. Feeling thorny, yeah, feeling thorny. Whoa, feeling thorny, feeling thorny with Aden Marie. This Rose is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 